What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Snap on Ego. I don't know if that's going to translate to the actual audio file recording, but Chris, you just did some weird glitchy thing on your screen. So I'm yeah. very interested to see in post if that goes into the actual final cut, because I hope it does, because I want to play around with it. Because you literally looked like you were glitching like into the Spider-Verse type of glitching. Like, you don't belong Ooh, here. fancy. Are you not of this world? What's your I just got, I just got a cool... I just got a cool Spider-Man tattoo, so maybe that's why. Oh, my God. I, I'm sure the healing process of that. How, by the way, what was the session? How long was your session? It was, it was all day. Uh, he had to do the stencils at first, but I was there from 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. So, like, the first hour, hour and a half was just, like, stenciling and sizing it and everything. And then it was just six and a half hours of pure pain and misery. <laughs> but I got good. a few weeks until the next session, so I'm good. Well, my name is Brad, otherwise known as Bradford. I'm joined by Chris Bootman Boutet, and we have a third surprising secret third thing. If anyone knows that, you just meaning. call him a thing. Yeah, like uh, there's there's <laughs> X thing, Y thing, and a secret third thing. It's Glazer from the wonderful podcast. Hey, Glazer, where are you from? Hey, I'm from the Snap Judgments podcast. I also write. I think I'm up to nine articles a week on Marvel Snap Zone. So Dang. yeah. Yeah. Nine? Like I'm I mean I do 5 videos a week, a uh -huh. 2 hour plus podcast a week and I write 9 articles a week. And, and, you, like have, if, and you have a job? And I have well it's summer I'm a teacher. But like Oh okay. I, I, I was I've a teacher do my, too. We can relate. Yay. <laughs> I love it. Um <laughs> I've got to do my full I replan my curriculum every summer every summer because as you can tell by my workload I'm a crazy person. So mm -hmm. I'm starting that next week. So it's going to be busy but like Hey, I love Marvel Snap as much as Bootman does. So I'm here to talk about the competitive aspect of the game. Goodbye. What what subject do you teach and what grade level? High school English, 11th grade, AP and IB mostly. I was, I taught I taught middle school English for four years, baby. Nice. I can't deal with middle school um, kids. So I originally my 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 aspiration was high school, right? Um, and it just so happened that the job I I got hired to was was K through eight. They were going to expand to high school, so that's where I was like, I'm gonna go to high school eventually. Uh, but then uh, the whole COVID thing, and then um, in addition to it being a charter school with management company changing and the management company sucking balls, uh, it kind of killed my motivation for teaching. So I have quit teaching. I will go back maybe in a decade, but for now. Fuck that. That sucked. Kids are awesome. I loved even the middle schoolers, but everything else can suck my dick and balls all the way. <laughs> Fuck off. So I'm the VP of the high school, which means my position like in the union is equivalent to that of the principal. Um, mm -hmm. The president would be the superintendent. Like, So I'm in charge of making sure as best I can that it doesn't suck for teachers in that way. Do I yeah. succeed all the time? No. Um, however, Wait, it's a public school, I assume, right? It's a public school and unions are like the more awesome. I become involved Amazing. in unions. Oh my God. Are <laughs> They're so good. Like, if I could fix like, not, like there's so many things I'd fix about this country. By the way, Hoogland had a great video about that today. Um, if I'm um, boom, man, did you see it yet? See which one? Uh, the Hoogland video where like the trans rights or human rights video. Oh, no, I didn't know he, he, just, he just did a pure video of like, hey, if you don't think that people are people, don't fucking watch me. And like, <laughs> he's had me blocked forever, but hey, I'm a fan again. Me um, too. I'm also blocked, but that was from Magic Days from like two I years don't know ago, why so. I'm blocked. I don't Old school block. I don't, look, I don't care yeah. enough why I'm blocked. It's it's Twitter and it's stupid. But I, I appreciated that. Um, if I could fix one thing about this country, there's like 7,000 things to fix, right? But I think ev if every job were unionized, 
this everything would work so much better like mm-hmm. insanely so much better oh yeah i, I agree like uh and and teaching such a huge part of that uh it is one of the ones i think can benefit or mm-hmm. benefits the most from unions because again i came from a place that had no union because again charter school charter. essentially it's a private thing um and while the pay was you know marginally better than a public school the benefits and everything else that come with it didn't even come close um at least especially when it comes to like the help it sucked I hate it. I don't recommend charter schools unless you find a perfect one. Like the old charter school I was a part of that was called Avant-Garde Academy. Um, I won't name drop the actual one that it changed to just to protect myself and other people. But the previous one was Avant-Garde Academy. And that was a super artsy school. And like it's like we, we care about the arts and English and literature and all this stuff. And we're trying to build up your kids to eventually go to these type of prestigious schools or whatever. They had they had connections with like Full Sail University and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I'm an alumnus from. Uh, so, you know, that's really cool. And I had like I was doing an elective for film in addition to English. And I'm like, this is this is awesome. This is this is my shit. This is like a dream come true. And then after my first year, they're like, all right. We had an offer. We couldn't refuse. We sold the building. Go fuck yourselves. Have fun. And then the entire curriculum changed. Um, they they pulled a curriculum from like New York and brought it down here. And it's like, this is Florida. Uh, we're like 47th in the country <laughs> for like education. You can't be bringing a private school's curriculum from New York, which is like top 10 down here and be like, oh, yeah, this book, by the way, is fourth grade reading level. This is for your first graders. What? No. Our kids are kind of dumb. Give, so, give them time. So <laughs> it's yeah. not a joke. Florida's a disaster. I have multiple friends who went from New York teaching, and they were like, we're going to move to Florida. It's like, you don't want to do that. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. We're going to go to Florida. And every single one stopped teaching within a few years. They're just like, oh, my God. What is <laughs> what is it down? Like, but that's how, the like, water. But that's why Florida ends up so, like, poorly run, right? Like, because, like, no one gets a decent education. No offense. <laughs> it's so hard to get a decent education. They don't know about it. Public public education. I think I think yeah. a lot of the colleges, and universities, stuff like that. Oh are yeah, like full sales down here. So if you're into like graphic design, video game design, film, stuff like that, that's amazing. USF, Florida, FAU, like um like Miami University. These are all fantastic Agreed. universities to go to. However, to your point, public school sucks so much. <laughs> all of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Where's that? No, I'm, I'm from Nevada, and we, we, we never do too well. I could talk about how poorly tr- teachers are t- treated all day long. Like, my, yeah. I come from a family of teachers, but let me transition to something Marvel okay. Snap related, because I come from a, pa- a, a family from t- of teachers. My mom, she was a professor in college. My grandma, she taught special ed for like 30-something years. But let me ask you this, because I never got into teaching, but I love teaching. Do you think any of that is why you like making snap content or just content in general and teaching others. Like it's another avenue to do that. So all my videos are one take because you don't get three tries at a lesson, right? Like (laughs) you get up in front of the 30, 17 year olds. And if your lesson sucks and you need to be like, Oh, I'm going to restart that. They're going to laugh at you. Right. Then you're like, homie, you got 40 minutes and you, what the fuck was that? And like, Mm -hmm. So I get up in front, like, and I'm, without being a dick about it, like, I'm really fucking good. So I get up in front of kids and, like, usually, like, look, every day is not going to be magic, right? Part of what I'm teaching them is that every, like, I I show them the fastball sometimes, right? Like, once every couple weeks, I'm like, by the way, I can change the way you think. And, like, I'm just like, here's a fastball. Enjoy. You can't touch it. Like, have fun. But, um, 
and some of it's always going to be boring, but I'm really good at it. And like a lot of it is just like I'm trying to channel that into doing this on video mm-hmm. with no audience because so much of it is the feedback of other people. That's why I like yeah. podcasts so much. Um, but you try like the like you feel the energy of the people and you can shift what you're doing for mm-hmm. it. And, like you shift your tone, you shift how you're like delivery, and you get none of that in video. But it's yeah. why I do it in one take and why I love it so much and why I do can do five because pff, I can make fucking three or four lesson plans a day. I can do a video. So yeah. it's funny you mentioned a fastball because I wish I could. I wish there was a Marvel Snap equivalent of a fastball in lesson because I think. Wait, the, what's, a fast, what's a fastball? So, uh, I'll give you my example and then you, you can give yours because I usually as a teacher, you kind of hold this in your back pocket of like, oh, I'm going to fuck their day up a little bit just mm-hmm. to kind of. Uh, so mine was. All right, class. Your job today is to prove to me that you exist. Go. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I so I fucks with theory. their whole head. It was amazing. I taught theory of knowledge for, um, like literally, it's the IB class that asks, "How do you know what you know?" And the yeah. first, the first lesson of the first, well, sorry, the first day is like, "Here's what this class is," because you have no idea what you're getting into. And then the second day is write down five things that you know are true, and we sit there and pick up pick them apart. And, I love it. and like some kids are like, oh, my God, I love this. And some kids are like, I don't like the way this makes me feel at all. <laughs> um, I have this. Yeah, you, video. you get the two sides of it. It's like the existential dread. It's like the same thing uh, with like proved me you're real because they're yep. like, well, I'm right here. And I'm like, OK, but when I leave the room, you no longer exist to me. Mm-hmm. Like you, I don't know where you are, who you are. Well, Schrodinger's kid. Figure, <laughs> a figure of my imagination or a figment of my, my imagination. And they're, and they're sitting there going like. So you're telling me when my parents go to the store, I'm like, they might not be real. <laughs> they, they only exist when you see them, so you can't prove that they're real. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. No, I, I'm already getting My son's 14, but we've I, I try to read a book with him like every couple months because he has like a ton of schoolwork and he's killing his school. But like I've gotten him into like philosophy and stuff like that. I got him thinking about all these like random ideas and things. But um, but yeah, Glazer, to what you were saying, because I used to work at a rehab and a lot of that was education because I would run groups and stuff and teach them about addiction and stuff like that and all that. And like a lot of it was feeding off of the way they were reacting, right? And like when I got into YouTube, like my first videos, because I had an old channel, my first videos were just so awkward because I didn't know, like I'm just looking at myself like on the camera or whatever. So like you have to like just like get into a different mindset and imagine, you know, and just try to keep people engaged. So yeah, that's always that's always super duper interesting. But let me ask you guys this, because here's here's something that bugs the hell out of me. And we've probably talked about this before, Brad, but it doesn't seem like the Marvel Snap community is really in to educational content, but, but if you're educated, Collins, it works, right? Like every content, every piece of content is kind of educational, right? But like when we go over deck lists, like Dex is what mm-hmm. kills it, right? But every now and then, like I'll do, you know, one of my little slide things, educated Collins style. Brad, you've done a couple video essays, you know, and stuff, but like, I don't know. Do you think? <laughs> do you think like educated columns is just doing it like a different way or it's not reaching people or what do you, what do you think that is? Cause like I know people answer. just want to say, what's, what's the best deck to just own some people. So, so that's not it. Um, or at least I don't think that's it. And I think, so it was instructive for me. I actually talked with safety about this. I don't know, a week or so ago where he was like, Hey, like the stuff you're doing is really great, but it's got a ceiling. And I was like, what? And he's like, all right, so what's, who's the like most influential person on the metagames? Like probably KM, right? Like KM is probably the single most influential person on what you're going to see on ladder. Maybe cozy, but like, 
Okay, I, well, I would say cozy just because that stupid fucking list he came out with the other day. I'm yeah. seeing it every other yeah. goddamn game. What I list? See, I see multiple man, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, I got you. And then all of a sudden, Red Skull comes. I'm like, oh, fuck yourself. I, I'm literally. I'm not even saying list. fuck you to the other player. I'm being like, fuck you, cozy. I'm tired of seeing this list. <laughs> so I hate you right so, now. So hang on. Um, but cozy and Dexter and uh, uh, third white boy whose name is now escaping me. Regis. Regis is like a different game. Regis barely even does stamp content. Oh, Binks. Like, cause he does no, the weird it was it was co- oh, Alex. Sometimes. It's Alex. It's Alex. Um, oh, like I don't know. Co-host. Like, so they're not doing hyper competitive content. They're they grew no. their brand by having a good production, which I'll never have because fuck that noise. Um, and B, like I just hate production value. I think it looks inauthentic and fake. It's part of like no offense to their content. I think they're like really entertaining, but like <clears throat> it's just not for me. Like the more polished something looks, the less I'm into it. Um. But B, they're like, this is a crazy combo. This is super fun. Come look at this, like, weird, cool thing you can do. Because that, like, there seem to be, like, ten to 15,000 hardcore I-want-to-compete players that, like, Boots already reached, right? Cam has already reached. And then there's, like, another 70,000 people who are like, I play on my lunch break. I just want to do something fun. And, like, those people are watching Dex and Cozy. And I don't think it's a lack of educational video. I think it's almost competing interests in the user base. Like, Mm. I don't know how to talk to the people that, like, just want something purely fun. That's never going to be me. That's not my... Like, I want to think about things. That's, like, how I'm entertained. Even if, like, the thing I'm thinking about is inherently dumb. But, like, I think that, like, there's a certain part of the player base that wants to learn... But they have to be enticed to click in the first damn place, right? And then mm-hmm. there's a, like those large player bases. Like, I want to do something cool and janky. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that's a good point, and uh, uh, because it's it's a more niche audience within the niche. But but still, like educated Collins is getting a decent amount of views. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I think that's what I'm trying to pinpoint because I've been creating content for years and like just in like marketing and branding outside of here and stuff and like you know. Uh, like they, they say to like specify and find your audience and everything. Um, and I, I look at other creators. I'm like, whose audience do I want? How do I target that? And I see educated Collins, you know? Um, so it's like, he's hitting it. The algorithm, like Glazer and I, we always well, talk about the YouTube algorithm being a motherfucker, I, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what, uh, what draws people to educated Collins, but he kind of mixes it up too. Right, like he kind of does like some tier lists and stuff like that, but he does provide a lot of educational stuff. So, you want to go, Brad? I have two reasons, but go for it. So I was gonna say, he also did. You have to remember, he did get a head start mm-hmm. in terms of content. He's comes from Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, originally, so like getting that uh, player base that's already gonna have some kind of you know genuine interest in Marvel Snap uh, is is gonna give you a leg up, right? A great comparison is actually. Look at the whole recent thing with threads compared to Twitter, right? Um, Zuck said uh, they're, they they passed 70 million users. Do you know why yeah. they passed 70 million users? It's because it's just Instagram, extension of that. And Instagram is one of the biggest um, uh, social media platforms there is. I think it's like ranked number three behind TikTok, Facebook. I think it's number three. Mm-hmm. So just having those, just click a button and then go to that, that's insane. Same idea for a content creator being like, okay, Hearthstone people, I'm going to get at least half of you to come to Marvel Snap and then continue to grow upon your Marvel Snap viewers. Um, a head start helps a lot. So I think, and, and because he's that threshold of like 
this is the educated guy or education guy because his name is Educated Collins. Um, I think that's why he's able to pull away from a lot of other content creators in the same kind of realm just because mm. you know a head start you know helps a lot not to say his content isn't good i think it's fantastic but it's simplistic in nature and he's not doing anything flashy but that's okay because he's giving great uh like information and that's what people look for very so, true very true so uh, the first thing was going to be that like all the big content creators all of them came from another card game like mm-hmm. absolutely all of them. Except for Cozy, right? He just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Am I wrong? Disney. He came from Disney. Yeah. He would go Disney? to like X, uh, he would X, he'd go to X twenty three and shit like that. He was like a like a yeah, like a content creator too. on like Disney shit too. Yep. What? What? Uh-huh. <laughs> how do I not know this? How do I not know this origin story? He he was at X twenty three when Ben Bro was there one time and they talked about it on his mm-hmm. uh his, his recent interview. Interesting. So um and the other thing is so there's two content creators that I think are stupidly charming in a way that's not replicable. They're neat. Oh, you're flattering me, yeah, Glazer. It's not you. It's not me. It's uh, <laughs> it's 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 Nina and it's Collins. I think Nina and Collins uh, have a natural charm to them. Where like, and Nina's like, <clears throat> Nina's on the cast next week. I love Nina, but like, she's not she's not nice, right? Like that's not the right word for her. She's charming. Collins mm-hmm. is charming. What even when like. That like when Collins talks down to people, there's something charming about it. When Nina's making fun of her audience, there's something charming about it. And you can't replace that. That's like, I mean, I don't know if it's natural. I don't want to get into nature versus nurture, right? But wherever it came from, I don't think it's um, something you can do on purpose. I think that Mm -hmm. they are just extremely naturally charming people. And it makes people gravitate to them. I also think it's authenticity as well. Like, I don't think they're trying to be something they're not. Yeah. Um, And I don't think, and not to say that I think there are other content creators that do. I mean, of course, those people exist. But within Marvel Snap, excuse me, um, within Marvel Snap, like, you look at, like, people like uh, like Cozy um, is a great example of this. I think Cozy is mostly authentic, but he's playing up an exaggerated version of Mm -hmm. himself when he's on his channel. That's okay, though. It matches his production quality and the type of videos he's doing. because like even when he has like those more like guests come on or like, like he's done like the openings with like Dexter and stuff like that, you start to see that little bit of glimpse into like his normalities and like his re- regular mannerisms compared to like his uh, very production value esque of like announcing stuff and like uh, like very scripted. Um, so that plays into it as well. So looking at Edgy Collins and Nina, uh, they're great at just being mm-hmm. true to themselves. Uh, and it also helps that their true selves are, like you said, they're charming. Where you might have someone like Jeff Hoogan, for example, who I think is being very authentic to his own his, himself, <laughs> um, while also being an extremely uh, acquired taste. Um, so you either you either really like him or you really dislike him. It's kind of like one of those things. So I'm not on either of those ends of the spectrum. I think this is a tangential relation. Can I read two tweets that I think are really interesting that I think you guys will like? Sure. You can read one. Well, no, I'm it's one in the reply. <laughs> so Lambie posted the first one. He goes, so I always say on stream that I win more than most because I know how to create luck. It's not actually a meme. Essentially, it's a life skill. Put yourself in positions yeah. to get lucky and create opportunity. And I know that we talk about a lot about that. And then Quinny, uh, and like Quinny Equinox should be humongous, right? She's phenomenal. She's one of the best players. She's brilliant. Her decks are great. But people often speak of risk-taking as a life skill, but I think a better way to frame it is possibility awareness. It's not about pursuing every opportunity you can. Nobody has the energy for that. It's about noticing them ahead of time, preparing for the best ones. And, like, yeah, that, right? Like, it's 
in terms of content creation, it's being aware of what your brand is, being aware of what will get you success versus other people. And like, I'm not extremely successful, right? I've got like 1,200 followers in four months. It's reasonable for this for the amount of time I've been doing this, but it's not like meteoric. But it's just know who you are and present who you are. And if people like it, they will come. And like, then go find opportunities. If something isn't working... Like, I ended up on Marvel Snap Zone. Thanks, Boot. Um, I ended up on Marvel Snap Zone largely because I'm just like, I'm not settling. There's a there's an opportunity. Let's go find opportunity. Yeah. 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 No, I, I was just reading that land between. That's something I've talked about on my channel a few times. Did I make a video dedicated to luck? Maybe. Yes, but yeah, I'm big into that stuff. Like, I recommend this book all the time. It's called The Luck Factor. I forgot the the psychologist's name, but he like wrote about the psychology of luck. And yeah, a lot of it's just like calculated risk taking, uh, seeing opportunities and going for them and stuff. Like a lot of the things in my life, like, uh, you know, like being a recovering addict and stuff like my childhood and like growing up with super bad stuff, but I've had a lot of like insane opportunities. And I explained to people the luck that was involved, but it's because I just shoot my shot like mm -hmm. a ton of times. That's the same thing with YouTube, right? I, I think I, I talked to you about this early on when you started the channel, Glazer. Like all the, one of the only reasons I'm successful on YouTube is because I will go insane and make just like a shit ton of content. When I first started my YouTube channel uh, for Snap and it started kind of uh, snowballing, like I just I just took that momentum and I started making two, three videos a day. I would take a break from work, go record like a quick 30 minute video, just get it up there. You know what I mean? Because the more the more uh, times you get up to bat, you know, as they would say in baseball, the more chances you had to hit, uh, you got to hit a home run. Uh, so any aspiring content creators, there you go. There's there's your tip for the day. But but anyway, let's let's jump in. Let's jump into these spicy topics. It's not too spicy. Today we're kind of mild. We don't have anything too spicy. Well, maybe. I got a hot take. But first, the hot take has to do with this month's cards. It might be hot. Maybe it's not. Anyways, let's let's talk about this month's cards. We haven't done that yet, Brad. And now we got the wonderful Glazer here to offer his perspective. But let's start out with the season pass card, Phoenix Force. Initial thoughts. Have you played around with it? Glazer, what do you think? It is almost by definition a good to very good card. Is it in the very best decks in the meta? No. But by that definition, only things that go on Lockjaw and Kitty Pride decks are good right now. And I think that's like not really a useful definition because not everyone's going to want to play those two decks. I think it's mm -hmm. probably the tier of decks below that. And within that tier of decks, it's near the top of it. I think the Destroy Shell, the Underexplored Ramp Shell, and the Move Shell are all really, really good. And also, welcome back, Thanos. Yeah, so... I think uh, the card is good, um, and I think that people are, are they, they will always do what they do every single time a new card comes out. They think they need to go all in on the game plan surrounding the card's identity, in this case, reanimating something, and like people are thinking Human Torch, right? And all of a sudden, people realize, well, shit, Killmonger's kind of ran a little bit of, in this meta. And that yeah, he's showing up just a little bit right now. And then uh, it's like, okay, let's go to the next best thing, which is, you know, um, Multiple Man. And that works nicely. And you're also seeing builds of just normal blanket destroyer. Uh, or just, I'm sorry, destroy, not destroyer. Um, just throwing it in there just for fun. Like just like as a, a thing that just brings back. Even if it even if it came back as like a Bucky, it's still it's a it's a it's a vision at, at baseline, right? So people need to start playing with it a bit more and then they're getting into that realm of like it is a portion of an engine in a deck 
not the entire thing. Think of the Black Bolt Stature engine you see in like that Darkhawk shell. It's just two cards, and if you get it, awesome. Very good to your game plan. If you don't, you can still win games without it. That's what people need to identify all these cards as, as being great pieces to make your deck work beyond just your plan A or plan B. But don't make it plan A, and then hopefully everything works around it, and then you just have a bunch of bad cards that work horribly independently from that game plan. Yeah, so so my my take, and I don't know if it's hot, because actually I was just, right before we hopped on, I was looking at, um, yeah, what's his name, Wolf, Wolf or Thor, yeah. uh, another content creator. I was looking at his, and he made a video about, like, a divided community on, on Phoenix Force. Like, me? I fucking hate the card. <laughs> like, I've tried so many different decks, and just nothing works. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know. Like, I, I really try to teach people that, like, we all have different play styles and stuff like that. And, like, for example, like, I, I, I too, am an English guy, right? Like, I, I write, you know? That's what I do for my day job. And I, you know, do uh, freelance writing and stuff. I'm not a numbers guy. Um that's just not how my brain works. But anyways, in Marvel Snap, I just don't know if I'm just terrible with move and destroy, right? The two things that you want to do with Phoenix Force, because every deck I've tried, and I'll go look at the stats and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, this, this this looks decent. And I'm just like, this is garbage. This is trash, you know? Like, I'm just like trying to do the things. So kind of like what you were talking about, Brad, too. And I really want people to assess cards in this way is, did, like, is this deck already good without the card? You know what I mean? Like, for example, when, like, Thanos Lockjaw was, like, at the top of it, uh, at the top of the meta, if you just tossed a random card in, and it's like, did you make the deck better, or was that deck already so good that you could just replace one card and it's still going to be good? You know what I mean? I do, I do think that, like, when you combine Phoenix Force, like, when you have, like, this destroy-move thing going on, like, when you're able to get, like, multiple man going or whatever, I, too, think the Human Torch thing is a very dumb idea with the amount of Killmongers. But, um, like, I think it's interesting, and I just don't know if I'm bad at those two archetypes, and I wish I was better. But, yeah, like, the stats don't look terrible for it, but I don't know. I don't know. What Do you guys think I'm, I'm missing something with this freaking card? You don't like combo. You've never liked combo. That's not the way you play it. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, so, too. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's fundamentally a combo card, right? Like, you need at least three cards to make it work, and then likely something else, like, to ensure that those three cards are going to work. Because otherwise, you're destroying yeah. a bad 5-6, right? Like, if you don't get a destroy off early or whatever. So, like, we're, we're talking for probably up to five cards, and you can do something else with the other seven cards in the deck just fine. But, um, like... That's never that's never been your playstyle. I don't I get it. Like but like look, you can release the best Cerebro deck in the world and I'm not going to play it. I can't play it. I'm bad at Cerebro. <laughs> I don't know why. Um whenever it gets good, I play it three times. I go, "Wow, I suck at this." And I stop. Like, okay, so be it, right? Like it's still good. It's just not good for you. Yeah, it's weird too because you, then you go up against it and they're just like amazing. But yeah, like I'm looking at like the top deck and it's just like basically a destroy deck, right? With Phoenix Force, it doesn't even have a uh, a move card in it. I'm looking at this as like a 57.6 win rate, uh, percent win rate, 2400 games, not oh, a single move card in it. I know that deck. Um, yeah, so yeah, but that's my no. Destroy. All I was gonna say is. Uh, whenever I tried a deck even similar to this, I would just have Carnage or Vintage, Villain, uh, Carnage or Venom 
and nothing to destroy. So I'm just throwing down like a two power carnage just to get something on the board. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, what is this deck? How are people winning with it? What were you going to say, Glazer? Uh, Brad was going to say something first, I believe. I just think the shell can be enough with just the destroy stuff, like getting like Venom uh, or like, uh, like I've even seen things where like lines where you can actually kill your own Venom and then get it back with um, uh, like go for that, you know, like the Hyrule, get it back with uh, the Phoenix and then just kind of go from there and yeah. some snowball stuff. Um, but it doesn't have to be all like, you know, all the fancy bells and whistles and stuff, right? It, it doesn't have to be like a super convoluted combo. Sometimes a card is just like you look at its floor and if its floor is a vision and its ceiling is like, oh, my God, I got 40 power in like three different lanes. I mean, I think that's that can be flexible enough to have a merit, have its own merit to be in a deck. Uh, it doesn't have to be something super crazy. Uh, it's just I, I don't know. The floor is fine. I think the card I'm not quite where Glazer is, where it's uh, where you're saying that the card is uh, that that tier below or at least has the potential to be tier below, um, uh, you know, lockjaw and like balance. I, I can I can give you the potential part. But I think right now it's just fine, and we'll see. It is perfectly fine. I think tier 2.5-ish yeah. is where I kind of leave more. <laughs> 2.5. Yeah. So it's always really hard to read where, because at L- Bounce or Evolutionary are getting nerfed in a day as of our recording, right? Like, they're neither. both of these decks are not going to last. One yeah, might. Yeah, maybe both. Yeah, ideally both, but I don't trust them, right? Like... Remember when like they were like we're gonna nerf Thanos and Shuri and they nerfed Thanos into the dirt and we're like oops I guess we'll get to Shuri when we get to it and then yeah until yeah, then we'll just keep nerfing yeah. Red Skull yeah. see how it goes like, <laughs> it's just what and then they put Red Skull back because that's gonna go well um so one of the like it's so hard to tell what the ripple effect of that is maybe that puts so much Shang or like control back or like lane control back in the meta that phoenix gets forced out or maybe the power of the shuri multiple man thing puts so much power on the board that without bounce or without evolutionary that becomes the second best thing to do i don't think there's a real way to know that until we get there um like who would have thought like the stat hawk deck is my always my go-to example for this right like who the thought that was going to be the scourge of the meta for a month like when things are nerfed other things happen and it's hard to predict exactly where we're going yeah Man, I wanna, man, I wanna just start moving through these other cards because it's a long month. And we got four more, but I just have to say it. I've made a video. Or I mentioned this in a video, but I think, I think that they need to leave bounce the fuck alone. At most, they need to change how Kitty's uh, priority works. At most, like, okay, that, so that, here's that's so here's, hard to do. That's so here's, hard to do. here's my argument. Here's my argument. The deck is not an easy deck to play. Okay, like, like, look at like, let's go back to Shuri. Like when Shuri was just the shit, right? The easiest fucking deck to play. Okay, like, okay, okay. On turn one, on turn one, I'm gonna drop like you know my fucking zero and or Titania on turn two or whatever. Then you do your armor. Then you do your Cosmo. Then you do Shuri, and it's just this fucking straight linear thing. Right. With bounce, you gotta think. You gotta think about what you're doing. There's like a million different things you could be doing on turn two, turn three alone, right? Like it, it is a complicated deck, and I think you get you should be rewarded for playing a complicated deck. Some asshole on Twitter was like, "Oh, it's complicated. Just play your cards on curve." I'm like, "Get fucked, you noob. This is not that easy." <laughs> right? But anyways, anyways, so I don't know. Can I, can I have this so, real quick? Oh, go go for it. So <laughs> yeah. precedence is so Chris. 
Chris, you're uh, you're proving you're proving the point for me by saying what? it's complicated. Be, that's that's exactly why it should be nerfed. You know why? Look at its fucking win rate. What? Look at its win rate. Its win rate is insanely high mm-hmm. for a deck that's supposedly really hard to play, and I agree it's really hard to play. Imagine, like, look, put it this way. Shuri topped out around what? It was like around 60%-ish win rate and then like a 57 cube rate, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Balance is right there. It's like 58 59%, depending on if you go to you know Snap Zone or uh, Snap.Fan. It's around that benchmark and a similar cube rate of like 40 a game. And that's with all the dumbasses playing the deck that don't know how to play it, bringing the, 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 the numbers down. And like, I think it's such a fucking good deck. I'm, I've, I've started to lean a bit more into like, I think it's a bit better than Lockjaw in general or like High Evo in general because of the flexibility is far more uh, pulverizing. It's, it's uh, can you, the, the ability to pick up your shit and be like, <laughs> that lane, no, no, we're killing It's my favorite. That's I so love swooping good. everything up with like Falcon and then they drop Killmonger and I just, I giggle every single time. But I, I'm looking at the stats. I'm kind of seeing what you're saying. Glazer, so what are your thoughts? The baseline for nerfing has been 0.6 and 0.4. Anything that sits consistently above the 0.6 threshold and the 0.4 threshold has been where they've been nerfing. Based on our stats, obviously, we don't have their stats. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I used to I work on the Snap Fan uh, tier list a lot, and I've now started to pay attention. Like, I'm not doing tier lists for Snaps, and I'm trying to do top 10 decks because I think that's just, like, tier list is taken, and that's more fun. But, like, I spend a lot of time on stats, and everything that's nerfed is about 0.6, a little bit above usually, and a bit above 0.4, like, usually 0.44. Mm. And, like, bounces right at the threshold. Like, they can wait, right? But if they nerf evolutionary and don't bounce nerf bounce, bounce just flies right up. And, like, there's just no reason to do anything else. But so so here's here's the other thing, right? If we're talking about it being a complicated deck and the stats that we have access to have a clear sampling bias, right? The people running these deck trackers are going to be more competitive than your average player. Sure, but right? all the stats I'm talking about have the exact same sample bias. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how close it is. I wish, I wish Glenn would just pull back the curtain just slightly. That motherfucker, you know, just pull it back. Glenn, if you're listening, I know you're not, it's, but it's I apologize. It's bad for the community. The, like more information, we always think is good, and it always ends up worse for us. It homogenizes what we play way too quickly, and I think that's actively worse for a ladder game. Like in tournaments, it, that we already yeah. see that happening, right? Yeah. Where everyone's like bouncer, bounce counter. But like, yeah. well, don't except do. for the except for the last, uh, the, I commentated on the I forgot what they call it for Snap Snap, fan. snap fan open. Uh, yeah, they're open. I, I commented over like about like three or four rounds. Mm-hmm. Do you know what deck won yeah. that whole thing? But what was the, the, the Stegron move? Oh, it was, it was a Lockjaw High Evo deck. Yeah. I know. So I know. and then like half <laughs> the cut was bounced too. So like it's still right. There, yeah. Right. Yeah, and like yeah, anything right. can happen in single games. And like. And the person had played nothing else, so they had super expertise. Which goes to the point I make every fucking time. Pilot skill trumps deck power to, every single to time. To an extent. Yes, there are there are outliers where a deck is so supremely powerful and so easy to play. Cerebro 2 and the lines are so clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, there there is discrepancy between power level, and that, that could be a thing. But I think more often than not, if you have... Like if Chris, you're playing Majantris, right? And you have a hundred hours into that goddamn deck, right? And I go ahead and I go on Snap.fan, I go on Marvel Snap Zone. I'm like, let me see this tier list. And I'm like, all right, hi Evo, copy, paste. I play my first game against you. There's a very good chance 
I get my shit wrecked in against a less superior deck because you just have the play uh, the experience that I don't. Yeah. So one more point yeah. as to complexity. Um not the Thanos lock draw that ran Magneto. Do you remember Valhalla? The Thanos lock draw that had Daredevil and Beast. It was it's my favorite tech in the history of the game. Um yeah. the like and it had Spider-Man when Spider-Man was a 4 along with Professor X that deck and Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Um that deck Yeah, was... it was the control one. It was the fan Thanos control is what they called it. Yeah. Uh that was the like hardest deck to pilot in the history of the game. Like I think Thanos decks in general are really hard to pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah what happened Thanos lock draw. Yeah, when Thanos Lockjaw was on top, because remember, like, yeah, like, Brad and I, like, Brad coached me on it and stuff, and I had to get hundreds of games in with that deck, like, and that's why I made a video, and was one of more, my more popular videos of, like, how to pilot this deck, because people were winning like crazy with it, but, like, it wasn't as just, like, simple as you think it is, right? But let me let me ask this, and God damn it, we need to get to the other cards. But anyways, here's the other thing, though. Sarah Control has like just been a forever card like in like the eight a tier at worst b tier like high b tier right and they don't and they don't fucking touch it right it's a very similar thing where you're just like dumping cards right it's not great against a turn five wave you know but it's very similar hang on right so it was a hundred percent touched. It was like a thousand percent touched. Beast lost a power. Mysterio Angel lost a power. Mysterio got nerfed. Sarah got nerfed. Like all of these, you've lost like six or seven. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, but you've lost bit. like six or seven power on the board through all these changes, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like new cards come out that go in the deck, but like like nothing else, including bounce wave destroys Sarah. You have to build specific. I have a version that beats wave but like you have to build very specifically and pointedly into beating but it. I, but i'll like, also say that's a good thing yeah it's oh, a I good agree. thing sarah still exists that is that is the policeman deck of the of the like any format yeah, that you should it. always have it's every every single card game needs your four pillars of aggro mid-range combo control and sarah control is that control deck right now and you know maybe you can say the combo deck for snap is going to be like your phoenix deck or like tribunal deck or something like that whatever that's cool that exists your mid-range deck is just your dark hawk good stuff because dark hawk i think is the best card in the game flat rate kitty but, but hear me out dark hawk. no no listen kitty on one is the best card in the game but that's that's within that specific shell, right? The reason I say Darkhawk is the best card in the game, purely stats-wise, is because it is the most flexible to go into any single deck ever because your your core is just Zabu, Darkhawk, uh, your Korg, um, and Rockside. And then you just throw in maybe another 4-drop for fun, like an Iron Eye or something like that, and then you can do whatever else you want with the deck. Yes, you can do something similar with Kitty. I, I, I will acknowledge that. Uh, but I don't think it's nearly as um, impactful at the moment because you get you can do so well with all these different Darkhawk shells, but balance is definitively the best kitty place. So I don't think that's true. Um, so we just saw Lambie come up with a Thanos bounce, right? That's yeah. basically... Um, kitty goes into basically every Sarah deck right now. There's the um, Molts, like, weird thing with kitty and uh what's her name gamora that was that's really good except not as good as bounce because bounce is busted right bounce is the best deck but so here's my argument for kitty over darkhawk you need other cards to make darkhawk better kitty makes other cards better 
Kitty but Kitty says, needs to be played early. Darkhawk can be played any time, and is at the very is sure, at worst Darkhawk is, is a four six. Sure, but a on four, average, six, a four sure a four six is fine, and Kitty won't do that. But you can play like seven different cards that all get better because of Kitty. Some of which you of don't otherwise necessarily play. Darkhawk. If, like, a 4-6 on turn 6, you can play at any time, sure, but a 4-6 on turn 6 is probably losing you the game, right? Like, if that's your play on the last turn of the game and that's what you're doing, like, you play that in Zabu or that in Jeff, you may win, but unless you're real ahead, probably not. Yes, Kitty is bad at the end of the game, right? But anytime turn 1 through 3, especially if you've already seen Angela or you have a bishop in hand or whatever, the value, or like you have a beast and then she's 0 and who cares that you saw her mm. Like her downside is the best one in the game and her upside is the best card in the game. But isn't there something to be said about the disruption that comes with the Dark Darkhawk package as well? Even though Kitty's working synergistically with some other cards, when you're running the Darkhawk with the Korg and the Rock Slide, you're also shoving rocks into their deck creating bad draws for them. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, but, like, you get similar, or you can at least choose to get similar, um, if not better, Ice honestly. Man, Spider Iceman, Ham, Spider-Ham, Korg. Like yeah. Right? Like, you no, can no, get I, I, I acknowledge that Kitty is blanket honor. Look, this is what I mean when I say Darkhawk's the best card in the game right now. It's because I think Darkhawk is the best stat line and flexibility of what goes into decks and should be the baseline of uh, of balancing cards. I think oh, Darkhawk is at that perfect spot of being like a very good card, but I don't think it's supremely broken. Where Kitty's ceiling is far like Darkhawk ceiling, Kitty smashes it by six stories. <laughs> I acknowledge that, and that's a problem with Kitty. But I think Darkhawk is like the the dream of what Marvel Snap should be in those kind of time of shows. So you're talking more well-designed card than, it's, like, powerful it's, card? I, it, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's one of the most well-designed cards. Um, it's it's still very, very good, and, I, and it does make me nervous of looking at Power Creep and Marvel Snap as we get to that point, because we're already seeing it. Uh, another card we'll touch on a little bit is Mirage, and I think that's just Power Creeping Cable for the most part, especially yep. with the recent Chavez change. Poor um, Cable. So Kitty is needs to be nerfed. I'm like convinced. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Drew Barry said one two with plus ones every time she returns. I saw that. I think that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Is that like because then she tops out as a one, seven? Yeah, one seven. Right? Like one seven is the best one drop in the game, right? Like yes, you're paying extra for it, so maybe you start her at a one three if you really want to, so she can get up to eight, so she's still the best one drop by stats, by rate. But like Ooh, I don't. But I then, think that's but then she. I think she. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. There's probably merit if you make her a 1-3. You can just slot her into like a zero shell because now there are going to be turns. There's there's going to be turns where you're like, uh, I know you already can, but this I makes do. that way better. <laughs> this makes it way better of like stopping in her tracks and be like, because now she climbs a bit faster like on those later turns, mm-hmm. right? If you don't draw her early. Starting at three, you get two turns of investment and like zero with her. And now she's a one five sticking on the board. And then that gives you turn six to actually play more powerful cards um, alongside mm-hmm. her. Yes, you can do that now. I actually acknowledge that. <clears throat> but I think you're a little incentivized in her current form to let her keep coming to hand um, for most players. So the, the thing is, you play her on one, you play her on two, you play her on three. Right. Like, let's mm-hmm. say you don't play her again then until the last turn. You've got a 1-6. That's, 
that's yeah already basically there right like that's insane that's just like that can't yeah, be i agree like that's i think the problem like she's very rarely more than one eight for me right like i'm not really trying to grow her beyond that unless i'm going off of it for the 30 power games but oh, like, and then like Shuri's lab and like yeah. uh, the, oh, well, the one that gives the plus one and stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, whenever I see a bounce deck and I see Shuri's lab and they have Kitty on one, I'm just gone. I'm yeah, like, I can't beat this. Why bother? There's no yeah, point in even trying. Can't beat this. Uh, you can technically with uh, Invisible Woman and Killmonger. Yeah, but I'm not running Invisible Woman in every single deck because mm-hmm. I, I think I don't like... I, I, I'm going to pivot real quick to complain on the community. Um, and this is why I'm such a uh, advocate for cyborgs in, in this game mm-hmm. is because I'm so fucking sick and tired of content creators telling me to just like, oh, yeah, just run Luke Cage when Haiva was everywhere. Uh, oh, yeah, just run Invisible Woman. It's a great thing. It, fuck off. I'm tired of throwing in a random ass card into my fucking decks into every single deck just because it technically, yes, does beat what like I'm running into, but also has its own problems in its own like deck construction and like in, in, interaction with other cards in that deck in general and can kind of throw off curve and stuff like that. Just give me a fucking cyborg. Give me a better way of actually competing against these stupid fucking guards without needing to nerf them incredibly aggressively. I still think Kitty should be nerfed, but in the context of like Conquest, for example, I'd rather see my ability of bringing in something like the Invisible Woman package with like a Killmonger or something like that than just being like, all right, kill the card. Like, just give me the tools. Even more than that, on ladder, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Exactly. If you're (laughs) you're good on ladder and have some patience, you're going to hit infinite. Mm -hmm. Like, and like, if that's your goal, just like, and you don't bother playing Invisible Woman, like if you hate losing to Kitty, you have no choice. If you hate losing to Evolutionary, you have little choice. But, well, I think, I agree in theory. I disagree in Invisible Woman in particular because we're finding more and more cool shit to do with her. Did you see Jolly Rogers null shit? Where like that? Oh, wait, which one was it? So it's um play Invisible Woman, play Mystique behind Invisible Woman, kill your board, play Destroyer, ramp, play Destroyer, do whatever silly shit you want, then play null. Then in, when invis- when Mystique reveals, it's copying Null, and you have two like forty power Nulls. Yeah, I, I saw him. I saw him tweet about uh, what was it? It was it was something with Invisible Woman. Oh, it was it was mm-hmm. Invisible Woman. Yeah, Shuri, Taskmaster, and then uh, and then Destroyer. And I'm just like, that seems like that shouldn't work uh, because you have to play to the same lane, right? But if you're playing behind Invisible Woman, it doesn't count. That's that's. I, I don't like that. I don't like that. But anyways, anyways, let's let's move on. We'll see what they do, and we'll have to maybe do a follow up if they nerf balance. Right, cards. Marvel Snap is the worst game ever. Fucking yeah. it. it's so awesome. Fucking I love Snap. I love Snap so, as much as you do. First first card first card coming out, and we'll try to we'll try to rapid fire these. Uh, first card coming out, Jean Grey. Ongoing players must play their first card here each turn, if. In parentheses, if possible. I, I ran into a guy on Twitter who didn't realize it said if possible. He was like, oh, oh what if you be, play Goots there? I'm like, the game. That would ruin I'm the like, game if it was if it was mandatory. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you can't play the game, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah, so he was like, Goose here. I'm just like, ah, no, that's kind of counterproductive. But uh, anyways, what are your guys' thoughts? Are you getting this card? What's going on? Uh, I'm If the leaks or whatever, data mine, whatever you want to call it, for the first spotlight cache, which I, I'm going to spoil our previous our, our talk about that later in the episode, I guess, which is supposed to be Jean Grey, Null, and Living Tribunal, um, then no, I'm not buying her. I am going to try and pull her out of a cache. Otherwise, uh, I think she's cool. I think she's great. I would, if, if I were good to give her a letter grade, I'd say A tier. 
A tier. Glazer, what do you think? She's a most decks card. Um, I think she's going to immediately come out, and she's going to do what a lot of cards do. And everyone's going to go, this card's not that good, because everyone's going to be playing it, and when everyone's playing it, it's significantly worse. You can choose the place to play the first card, which means two out of three lanes, right? As time passes, this is going to be one of the better cards in the game. As you start to see it less, and it starts to find natural homes. The first home everyone's going to try, including me, is Surfer. I'm literally just pulling Sarah from my Surfer list and putting her in and calling it a day because I want to like more than anything else I want to control where they have to play last turn if they go Shuri Red Skull I'm dropping her in that Red Skull lane on turn five right yeah no that's yeah, a like, that's a good point and that's that and if they're going like destroyer right like I'm drop or if sorry the Nimrod thing that's ever on turn five when I see where they're gonna if I can read where they're gonna Shuri Nimrod I'm playing her in another location and saying better mm-hmm. have destroyer um that's my main use for her I think she's gonna be great I think she's gonna shake up the meta and I've got 40 caches saved up oh Advice, yeah. advice, advice, advice. So serious <laughs> advice for everybody, including you guys, because uh, Lauren, whatever, she's a snap somewhere. She's fucking brilliant, like genuinely insanely smart. She's been communicating with them. We think, we're not a thousand percent sure, that it's just going to be every 10 caches that are spotlight caches, right? Which means don't update your game when it comes out. Don't as soon as mm-hmm. the patch comes out and see which numbers, if everyone has the same numbers that are spotlight caches, don't update your then game you can, and open, you open all the, the others to get the, the extra tokens, tokens and gold yeah. and stuff. And oh. then update your game and you can go get your spotlight caches. Tricky, tricky. It's tricky, tricky. Like you, it's so much better economically for you to get the current caches for non-spotlight and then just yeah. get your spotlight. That I think that like someone's going to be a sucker and do it wrong, right? But like it shouldn't be your listeners and I'm going to say it in my Monday video too. Yeah, and cool. uh, yeah. I, I'm at the point where I just don't give a shit. I'm opening everything I'm getting um, because, again, I'm only missing one card, and it's Howard. And uh, I have, like, 15,000 tokens at this point. And I'm just like, yeah, um, don't need them. I'll just yeah. keep it's, Yeah, no, that's I'll interesting. I'll, I'll, see how, I'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, Jean Grey, like, it, it seems like an insanely powerful card. Like, I'm trying to think of ways that all personal user for my play style, like you mentioned Surfer, and that seems like an obvious – place and i just surf is one of the decks i get bored with you know um i i've I've messed around with them a lot recently uh i keep getting missions where you got to play three cost cards i'm like oh we'll just load up a surfer deck but yeah yeah we'll see it seems it seems like it'll be good and i like disrupting and like screwing with the other person but yeah i definitely want to play it but i'm it's one of those ones where i'm going to see where people smarter than me with this like i like your ideas glazer but i'm gonna like look at the uh the, the deck building that everybody does and i'll be like I like that, but um, Chris, so Chris, you like Kitty Pride and bounce. You just can do like I know, a little I know. bounce show but, with her. But that that seems like the curve gets kind of weird, right? Like, like well, if I'm playing, no, if you, I'm playing you've her got on Kitty on one, Kitty on two, Gene on three, Kitty on uh, on four plus like a two or three drop, and then like you just keep kind of manipulating. Also, yes, yeah. and now you're weak to wave again. Yeah, it's like, like, but that's, but, okay, but you're thinking of pure bounce deck. I'm not. I'm thinking of a what am I small style? bounce shell. Uh, yeah. To, to to like basically, like you can get around Jean Grey effectively. Your opponent most likely can't. That kind of thing. Yeah, and you can like fill it up real quick. Because I'm wondering if you do like a like a Jean Grey on three, and then like a Angela Kitty with something, right? And then you just or kind of in buff this case of and... server brood. So I want. Yeah. So I want to be. Uh, bounce. Let's say bounce doesn't get nerfed and high evolutionary does and bounces everything. My surfer curve is something like um, 
blank Jeff storm juggernaut Nova, right? Um, mm-hmm. Win that lane, lock him out of bounce. Um, Gene and then Invisible Woman. Then Shadow King and Surfer. And I just win. Or Killmonger and Surfer. Yeah. And like that's it's like an auto win. There's almost no losing with that lineup. Like I've yeah. been beating yeah. Shadow King has been beating Iron Man's because they're just like ah my Iron Man's huge I've gotten uh dude Shadow King's awesome yeah. I love this card it's and like yeah. they're like well I got a Mysterio and I got an Angela here and it's like thirty power and it's like no it's two you have two I power love hitting the the Mysterio that hasn't been mm-hmm. revealed yet and then it's revealed to be that Mysterio it's like it's zero get fucked yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah I'm I'm so glad Shadow King's finally finally found his moment um. But yeah, the next the next card on the list is is Echo, which seems fantastic to me. Seems great, but it seems very situational. It seems like one of the cards that I talk about, where almost like Shadow King. We're just talking about Shadow King, where every card is going to have its moment to shine. And I just don't think in the current meta, personally, that Echo is going to do much, right? Like everyone's like, oh, if you know what they're going to Cosmo, if you know they're going to Darkhawk or or Dino or you know whatever. And I'm just like, eh. like right now, like people are really uh, pushing that. Uh, that dino list deck with like Nick Fury, right? Where you're just kind of like getting generating random cards. You have a collector and a Quinjet. So people aren't even running dino as much, but, um, but yeah, uh, what, what's the thoughts on, uh, echo glazer. You can go first. Feels like ghost. <laughs> yeah. We'll find a place for, <laughs> yeah. But like in three months, just chill. You'll get it in the spotlight cash eventually. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a time. What are your thoughts, Brad? Uh, has potential to be one of the best tech cards in the game in the correct meta. Right now, yeah. I agree with you. It's not the time at the moment. I think maybe a month or two ago, uh, right before Haivo, I would say, um, or even right around the launch of Haivo, when Darkhawk was a lot more prevalent, where it's like the Darkhawk Dino decks or just the Darkhawk Black Bolt stuff. I think the ability to shut off an entire lane from ongoing stuff, um, even temporarily is really good. I, I think there are other uh, applications that the card can have, like one that I'd see no one mention, which again, I don't think is going to be impactful at the moment because these cards need to be played more for this to be a thing. But let's say I'm playing Destroy, just a simple, like I'm just doing like Bucky Barnes, Carnage, shenanigans stuff, right? If I go on one Echo, and then I just basically tell my opponent, you cannot Cosmo or an Armor this lane. And that, that at least guarantees me to go Bucky followed by a Carnage, and then eat the Echo and the Bucky, and then have, uh, what is that, um, 12. Uh, 12 power there? Mm-hmm. Like, a guaranteed 12 power lane uh, for your game plan to still function is, I think, still pretty nice. Yeah, you lose the Echo, but she get, she served her purpose in that deck, right? Is mm-hmm. that the best thing to be doing with her? Probably not. But I'm trying to think of, like, floor aspects of, like, where she's just okay and still can do things. But I think in the proper meta, she'll be a pretty damn good card. When she yeah, it seems it seems like she would have been great when uh, Super Scrawl was in his heyday, right? Because that was the whole reason Super Scrawl was good was because everybody was playing ongoing. You just copy it, and this is just another avenue. You can, instead of copying it, you can shut it off. But, uh, so, does does this effect just keep going, or is it the first card? Keeps going from what I understand what the card says because it doesn't cool. specify first card. Uh, if you yeah. look at 2099, for example, it says the first time this moves, destroy a card. Yeah. Um, right? Echo has none, uh, no such limitations are in the card text itself. So it's safe to assume that you, you play an ongoing card, it'll get fucked. You know, play another one. All right, you got fucked again. Uh, will you yeah. learn your lesson the third time? Hopefully not. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it not, seems pretty sure. Not bad right? if you play her and then Gene on her. That's also true. 
There you go. Yep, yep, just force them in there. So uh, the next card, next card is uh, Legion on reveal. Replace each other location with this one. Uh, it's a 5-8 stat line. All right, so it seems like they're really trying to <laughs> show it some love. Uh, Brad, are you, why are you making that face? Are you, are you excited for Legion? What are you doing with it? Cost too much. Why is he five? No, Make he's four. He's he's series four. No, no, no he no, costs no, no. five. He costs five. five. five he can't, can't play yeah, him yeah, on yeah. Turn three. I know. I know he's series four. And like, he, trust me, that's that's the most they can do to try to ease me to buy this card. I'm still be not four going because Zabu exists. Okay, I don't give a fuck. I don't <laughs> care. They do. That would break is the, the it, game. Genuinely, I want to ask you, like. In what way would it break the game? Because, uh, like, what... Zabu Storm. I know you... Zabu Storm him, go. Okay. And? The, the whole board is locked. Yeah? Yeah, that's Good. not healthy. That's not, like, no. Also, yeah, that's unhealthy for a game. Is it just going to be a troll card? Is that what you're saying? It doesn't instantly lock. Well, two things. One, the Zabu doesn't matter in that instance because you still need to Storm first, then him, and you're still okay. basically playing him on four anyway. Yeah. Secondly, when you play them on four, it's going to create all flooding locations. One lane will will flood the original storm lane. The other two will be flooding for turn five and not locked down turn, until turn six. It's not a true lock. It's not like having multiple Spider-Man instantaneously be like, oh, fuck you. I don't think that's nearly as good or oppressive as you think it would be. Um, I, it's not. It's Okay, a, a great comparison. It's not like original uh, Zabu with, with Spider-Man. Absorber Man, Spider-Man. It's not even close to that. Not close, in the same vicinity, maybe. No, I don't even think it's the same <laughs> ballpark. Yeah, look, I, I think, I think you know, Zabu Spider Man, Absorb Man. That's that's you know, uh, American get, football, and the other one's soccer. Can we like, make? It's can we make close. Valkyrie cost four first, and then we'll worry about Legion? That'd be Dude, great. That's see, Glenn was asked about this, mm-hmm. this exact question, I know. and they're like, she seems underpowered. And he's like, yeah, but we've we've thought about her at four. We think she's too good at four, so she's that that unfortunate card. We're sorry. Well, because uh, well, she's four, if, you can double her at absorbing man. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if, she becomes if, Zabuable, and then yeah. that's also scary. And well, yeah. Zabu's ruining everything, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'd still want to play her like late game. Because I was, I was just saying, I'm like four. I'm like, I don't want to play her early, and then they could just like regain power or something like that. But yeah, if you could like do two lanes, that'd be that'd be pretty sick. But uh, but yeah, Legion, like it just seems like a higher cost, uh, uh, freaking snow guard I'm for buying, me. I'm, yeah. I'm buying it. I'm so you excited. Are? I don't think it's good, but like it's so oh, I don't it's so I, cool I it's that for three thousand tokens, I got the tokens. I'm like, and I'm buying the stupid uh, Phoenix Force bundle. I'm like, I'm infinite and. I got a week before Infinity opens, right? Like, so I got a week to kill just trying to do dumb Legion. <laughs> so, see what I, you can do. I, yeah. I get my 3,000 like, worth in a week. It's like, that, that was the whole situation with uh, just Snowguard. It's just like, you you have so little control over things in the game. You have even less control over the locations, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I saw a bunch of people like, Legion's good. I think it was for my giveaway. Like, what cards are you most excited for? Like, Legion, if you're running a destroy deck and you get, like, Death's Domain or something like that, I'm like, bro, like, I, you know, like, I know it feels like Death's Domain or, like, Altar of Death pops up, like, constantly, but, like. Oh, no. Weird world. How often? No, no exaggeration. Yesterday, three straight games of Rare World. Today, two straight games. What is going on? It's happened to me before. Yeah, go yeah. the fuck it's away. Insane. Yeah, let <laughs> me play. Let me play my cards. Like I yeah. don't like Weird World now. Mindscape though, 
people complain about the one? Minecraft. One of the best locations in the game. One of the best Minecraft. locations in the game. Because you actually have to work around it, and you have the ability and the wherewithal to plan around it and just give your opponent the shittiest hand ever. Yeah. You're like, oh, that feels so good. And you're like, you gave me Dr. Doom, and I gave you a Jeff? Oh, oh, I'm so... Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I, so enjoy, I enjoy Mindscape when I'm playing Bounce, too. Because, like... There's a lot of like uh, late game cards in, in your bounce deck that are just useless, and then you're drawing Chavez on turn six, right? <laughs> so you're just like, snap, here you go, have my have Katie my also crap. dodges it. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, but don't please don't nerf bounce. But anyways, anyways, last card on the list. We got Mirage two two on reveal. Copy the lowest cost card in your opponent's hand in, uh, into your hand. Give it plus two power. What are your thoughts, Glazer? It goes in a lot of decks. It's really good. Yeah, like it's better cable. Um, cable has to get bumped to like a two four, right? Yeah, or like also just give him the mirage text of like give plus two power or, to that card, or redesign cable from the ground up because there's no reason this I, makes any sense I am, for cable. I'm yeah. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, it's not very flavorful because like the bottom of the deck. I guess we're thinking of like it's he's going in the past or whatever or some shit. Like that's it's like a very far wild. reach. <laughs> Honestly, Cable should have had Kang's ability. Yeah. Hell, Kang yeah. shouldn't have Kang's ability because it sucks. Yeah, and like, and, and Cable's yeah. a lot worse now since the Chavez change, right? Where Chavez is oh, automatically absolutely. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like, like always. I, I love seeing Cable when I'm playing a Chavez deck, and I'm like, enjoy my Chavez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucked. It's like, thanks for that drawback, by the way. You just made it. Yeah. Really any know any other time, any other time when you're not playing Chavez, it is a pretty annoying card, though. You're Disagree. like, what'd they take? What am I not drawing? I was you were never, never drawing, drawing it, it anyway. It's the bottom card of your deck. You don't draw yeah. the bottom card of your deck. It's a card. I know, but, in, but it's, it's all, as it's, a Howard lover, right? I don't even know what's in my deck anymore, right? I don't even know if there's a possibility, if there's a chance. But yeah, I know I was never going to draw it, but I can't even like factor that into my probabilities. You know what I mean? If it's any See, good, they play it anyway. Mirage is going to be going in. So I've been messing around with this idea of a deck that's not good, but I'm thinking it's going to be good at some point. <laughs> And I have the best name for it, okay? The name is Infomaniac, okay? Which is, which is an amazing pun, by the way. And it's just all information-based cards. See? You, see? It's, 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 that, it's that ticking time bomb of a, of a pun. You kind of you, you hear it, and you're like, oh, oh. It's, it's, it's great. But so you have all these info cards. You have like Yandu, Cable, Mirage will be in this now. I got Kang in there. Spider-Ham. I got Spider Ham, uh, Snowguard was in there because I was like uh, Howard would be in there if I would you know buy him, but I'm not gonna fucking buy him. <laughs> if he was three thousand, I would. He's not a he's not a six thousand card. I'm sorry. Hey hey, but second like, dinner. Thanks for letting us know what's dropping <clears throat> down series. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Two weeks Thank out you. every time. We well, got you. Don't worry about it. Uh, wait, we're on vacation. Should we have assigned yeah. someone to do that? Oops. No. Schedule something out. <laughs> I bet you nothing's dropping. That's what I'm thinking, like, because, like, but also they only said that would happen as if they're, they're like the meta's in a good spot. And I'm like, if you end up nerfing two decks in one go, was the meta in a good spot? Second dinner. Also, second thing is, uh, where the fuck's my a thousand tokens for for silk? They're on vacation. Yeah. They can't do anything. <laughs> I know they're on vacation. And Just I hate silk, button. so like Just I really want button. those thousand tokens. That was a waste of six thousand tokens. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it, it kind of was. I am not. She's smart enough enough to play silk, but she. I, I think. I think she's just um, a little weird, and I think she's really good as the the two five stat line. And if you play around her correctly, she can be fantastic. But like there, you get in those awkward situations of like you can't 
finagle to where she wants to go or you want her to go just because of board uh, board space and the restrictions. So like you have to really plan far ahead with her and there's no deck that can really make that much use of her to where it's worth it. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's been a pain in my butt. Like it's, it's fun watching her fly around, but, but yeah, but, um, but yeah, so those, those are the cards and I really want to hit this topic before we got to wrap up. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, like, uh, now that we've gone through like the first like I don't know even though it was like a half or three quarters of a season of conquest, what are your guys' thoughts so far on conquest? What was your experience with it? Give me the full rundown. Thoughts on conquest, the metal shop, whatever. Glazer, what 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 was your conquest experience like? Uh, put more things in the metal shop. Making things more expensive is not the same thing, you jerks. Um, <laughs> like we want more things. Oh, how about we just quadruple the prices? No. Like, Did they? I was wondering about that. I was like, I don't think, I don't think this was the same price last they, season. Well, yeah, I, I think the argument is that uh, we got conquest um, for only like X amount of weeks the first time around, and now we have an actual full season of it. So they're like, oh, that you you can earn, you can earn the same rate. Uh, but I do agree, more more things in the metal shop, please. Also, just give me like set. Also, more things that you can infinitely buy. Yeah, like make them a bit more expensive, like the mystery variants. Just give me. Just make the, make that like a thousand medals, and I will just constantly just buy. I don't give a fuck. the The sinister, the Mister Sinister variant, I think is fine. I'm not interested in it. I like the Goblin one. Well, this like one, no. Sinister. But if you gave me an infinite uh, variant machine, oh, oh yeah, infinite pixels. Make it the pixel variant machine to get all the I, pixels that's out fine of there. Too. I I that's know fine. that's my argument. It's like they don't want to give us the cool variants that way. Make it all the pixels. Just be or just like, lock it at seven hundred. Yeah, no, no twelve hundred. Yeah, sure. Anything along those lines is fine by me. Um, I love battlegrounds. It's stupid and fun. Is that what it's called? I always call proving it grounds. Proving I always grounds. call it battlegrounds. I don't know why. Um, battle mode, whatever. I love Proving Grounds. I think it's stupid and fun. Silver is whatever. I think gold is kind of where this should live. And I had five infinite... No, I had seven infinite tickets. I made four game fives and one one. Um, So, like, cool. I hated the experience. I did not have fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's my fault. I did it all in one day. It was a crazy busy week for me. But, like, that's what happens when you do it all in one week. You say, like, jam it in whenever you have time. Like, I only really had time to grind out games on that Sunday. Yeah, so I played right. a million runs and hated the experience. Um, I think Infinite needs a retooling. It should feel more like old. Hmm. How'd it go for you, Brad? I love this mode. I am a huge proponent of anything incredibly competitive. Uh, Glazer, I think we are similar in that regard. But I do agree that Infinite does have those feel-bads of just being like, it's so daunting. We talked about this when we were on the Judgments podcast with uh, you know, Chris and I were on there with you guys uh, a couple weeks ago now. And, uh, yeah, we we thought this before Infinite even opened up. Like, this is going to be very daunting. Look at that. It was. Um, I played three total times. The first two times, I had the disconnect bug that kicked Ooh. me out uh, in games three and four. And I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. The fifth, uh, I'm sorry, the, the third time that I played, I did, I did my gold run to get the ticket and then infinite run at Cracker Barrel having breakfast with my girlfriend. Nice. <laughs> and, and like, we were waiting for food. They were super busy. And uh, uh, I, I started playing. And, like, she's, like, watching because she plays too. And she's going, like, well, what if you did this? And I'm like, no, no, no I think I got to do this and this. And she's like, 
why and i'm like just just wait and then like the the things happen and she's like oh okay that makes more sense um and then like just just one and look at that I, I was like this is amazing and then i had the epiphany of oh i didn't give a fucking shit about it at cracker barrel i was just like let's see if it happens and i dominated with my doc ock stupid fucking list that paper built upon and made it a bit better which i touched on in the uh the article i did the other day with a uh, snapped off fan i'm so sorry glazer we can't be in the same podcast together ever again we're I, mortal enemies dude, now i hate when people do that people are like oh can you promote a snap fan thing i'm like yeah i read everything like, are you yeah. kidding? I'm not cutting out, like, okay, one competition in this way is stupid, right? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. what are we, what are any of us gaining? I might get an extra, like, 30 views on top of what you get uh, which, if, which if the, I fight the overlap, you. overlap. Right. Like, the, it, it's like a Venn right? diagram, like, but except the overlap is most of the circle. Right. Like, who, one. Where does the visitors go? One, who cares, right? Like, yeah. two, if both sites do better. Like, one, if one site grows, the other site's going to grow. Like, that's how that's going to work. Like, yeah. because you know what it means? Because the people, like, who are reading about the fucking game are already going to both. So yeah. if if one site grows, that's more people reading about the game. And as long as they're aware both exist, there's literally no reason as a fan to just go to only one. There's a reason but, to use yeah. only one deck builder. Um, True. But like that, so I guess we're in competition for better deck. Like, who fucking cares, right? Like that, I'm not getting paid for the deck builder. You getting paid for the deck builder, right? Like, and, you're getting paid. Oh, <laughs> oops. Um, but like, it's just I don't get why we should fight each other. We're trying to grow a pie. I'm not trying to steal yeah. the pie. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree 100%. I just think it's really oh, funny. But um, so many like, people. I, I, I understand, like, certain things of conflict of interest. Like, for example, um, I was going to do a video, uh, mm-hmm. like, about, like, one of your decks or whatever that you do for Snap Zone. And I had to, uh, after, and this was before I talked, uh, the Snap fan wanted me to do an article. And then now it's, uh, I've signed on to do two uh, monthly articles of, like, a recurring series. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I messaged you and I was like, Hey, uh, I don't want to have any kind of conflict of interest or like you have them yell at me or something. So <laughs> I just politely declined on doing the videos, but I, if, well, if I'm able to, I'll happily do one. It's fine. I don't give a shit. I used um, to do the snap fan opens. I get it. There's certain things yeah. where it's just like, all right, maybe we should have some separation. Do I love it? Yeah. No, I want to do more commentary, but like, I get it. Yeah, I can respect I that. Like we're not the same site, but I also don't think we should be at each other's throat. But back to uh, Conquest. Overall, my experience with it was very good. I like the mode quite a bit. It's my favorite thing to do. If I uh, Once I hit infinite, I'm at 93 right now. Once I hit infinite, uh, I'm never touching ladder again for the, for the month, right? And then going to the, the, the medals and stuff, I, I agree with you. They, they need to have more stuff, more, more, uh, more you know, prizes in general. It's just I, I think that there has to be more incentive mm-hmm. to also hit infinite again, because at the moment I don't feel super incentivized to hit, hit infinite because you just get another infinite play. border. And it's like the reason that I might be incentivized uh, just for hitting infinite on ladder is a, of course all the rewards, right? Um, like the, and the card back, but the card back is huge. Cause it's like, you, you see that Spider-Man 29-9 gold card back? That means I hit infinite last season. The next season, yeah. you see this Echo this echo hand that's super holographic and shit now, too, by the way, as an animation. Awesome update, by the way. You know I hit infinite for this season. Oh, you see this infinite border on my avatar? 
do you know when I hit infinite? I don't know. It could have been last month. It could have been the month before that. I, get, it, I don't know. You just yeah. have an infinite border. Like if they gave the, the border or I can't something. Even tell. It, yeah. yeah. If they gave like like let's say this month was the ultimate border. Like you got the red one, mm-hmm. right? Around your avatar, and then they do like a gold one, and then they just come up with different like types of borders like that are similar to card back, and it's like um, like a stylization representation of the season. Like it's like uh, like the gold yeah. echo like thing around, or like a hue of something, or like uh, like a, what, uh, or, or like card effects. Like look at the Haivo effect that like um that he gives like wasps like that that glowing effect around those cards. What if that was an unlockable like uh, avatar border for one season? Like right, there's so yeah. many different things they could do to really create this incentive. It's just it it lacks that a little bit right now. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I I have a little hope because. Uh, this is something uh, we bring up when we talk about the ungrateful Marvel Snap community ragging on second dinner. Something that people don't remember, but I remember very vividly, is how much we complained about how, like, quit giving us titles for hitting infinite, right? Like, quit giving, like, nobody wants that, right? Right, they were right. Those suck. The people complaining were correct. (laughs) And they finally, now they're just like, okay, we freaking hear you, we'll do the bare minimum, take a card back from the season, change the colors a little bit, and everybody's like, yeah! Right, so I have some hope, but but yeah, um, yeah, just my quick thoughts. Love, uh, love, um, conquest mode just oh so much. It's my favorite thing. Um, yeah, once I hit infinite, like I just I have no reason to touch it except for maybe some missions. But even still, I can hop into the proving grounds and do that. Uh, and yes, the metal shop they need to expand it. Um, I you know like you guys have said, like when you guys said that, like I'd be totally fine if I could just get. In, uh, infinite buys on pixel variants. If I could just get them out of the way, I'll do it. Because at the end of the season, I had thousands and thousands of medals that I just converted into random boosters that I didn't get for any cards that I wanted uh, wanted to do them for. But but yeah, I think the main thing is, though, what you were just talking about, Brad, just I have zero incentive to ever go through Infinity Conquest again. I have no incentive at all, right? Like the the bragging rights of doing it every season aren't even there, right? I did it once and I'm the type of person like up until the Itsy Bitsy Spider Bundle, I use the same Miles Morales avatar since I started playing the game because that's the season I jumped in. I love Miles Morales, but now I have the little baby one from that bundle and I got the Infinity Border for it. I don't care about getting it for anything else. And then, yeah, like you said, Glazer too. I cannot tell the difference. Like, it, I, you have to look at it. I posted a screenshot because I have the same avatar on all my decks. And I'm like, you have to, like, look. You have to really look at it to see which one's different. So they need they need to come up with something, like, if they want Just us to keep doing it. add more contrast to it and more glowy. So, yeah. you know what? that update did to me the update where they're like you can choose your avatar and title for every deck you know what my avatar and title is for every deck right now default and none i'm not going through every fucking deck i don't care i don't care at all it is a lot of extra i've got got a glowy default because that's all i'm using yeah if they gave me a default then maybe i'd go infinity for that default but since it's not and i have to go look every time thanks i'm good with the default yeah, I use yeah. the hood. That's that's always been my my avatar since I unlocked it. Um, just I like it a lot. It, it basically, I it was the Peach Momoko Mystique with that bundle, um, and then a week later I unlocked the hood, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this one, um, and I love it. And it's, it's it looks really cool. But yeah, I think they should add a little bit more contrast to it, more glowy effect. It reminds me of like the original Infinite Border, right before they updated it a few months ago. 
And like, they just need to do that for the avatar. That's fine. That's it. It's very simple. Or just give us yeah. more different borders. Like I was saying earlier, one other thing that you touched on, Chris, the, uh, the rate the exchange rate to boosters from metals and tickets is abysmally horrible. And like, why it's boosters? Like why? You know, they and they all just like stingy about boosters. That's how they got three times value. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, boosters it's just like nobody expensive. wants boosters. Like, you're giving me random boosters. Like, if it was targeted, if it was targeted boosters, maybe make the exchange rate like crappy because it's the only place you could do it. But like, they're random boosters. It's like, come on, bro. Just like, just just throw us a bone. I, here. I still so, think that if you buy a variant from the shop, you should get a minimum of 155 boosters with that. Yeah, that comes with the variant. Yeah, those things are expensive. So, like, I've been buying variants now. It's also worth noting that credits are still not easy to come by. Yeah, like I've you been get, saving you have up. fifty every three or whatever. Yeah, and that's not that that's not all. And the investment of credits to get those fifty credits back, it's like a really shitty rebate, basically. Yep. <laughs> yep. Credits are yeah. like they can give me all. They can give me infinite boosters. I don't have enough credits to get everything gold I want, and I'm not spending money to like upgrade shit. Like, calm down. Yeah. yeah. You, you see contagrators just like, oh, we're, we just got this new variant. They're like, okay, let's, let's you know, immediately get it to infinite. And I'm like, how do you have 20? Oh, uh, you, you just you buy gold. I uh, never mind. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's very, very, that, that full thought just appears and goes away just as quick as it came. That's right. Bootman's going to teach me how to write all this shit off. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Go. I'm going to bother you about that. <laughs> uh, like, um... To wrap it up, because we were going to talk about some of the Spotlight stuff, but we might have to do a follow-up episode. Let's wrap it up. Brad, you just wrote an article uh, that kind of parlayed off an old Magic article, unless I'm I'm misunderstanding that. Break it down for us. Uh, so uh, they didn't necessarily go hand-in-hand, hand, but I did. There, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter I was seeing about people talking about, like, uh, like just general fatigue with the, the game in some instances or, like, frustration or whatever. Um, so... That was why I was bringing up that old article. But I've used to write articles in the past, and I'm now writing again for SnapZone. And I just wrote one. It's my first entry of this new series called Navigating Limbo. And it's essentially, it's going to be looking at the metagame overall. And rather than doing just the simple cookie cutter of like, this deck has X percentage of win rate and cube rate, maybe you should play this deck. I'm doing a bit more of like a deep dive into like the actual like theory behind it. Of like the reason the meta is doing this, why some cards are showing up in this way, um, what to look out for, things like that. Similar to how I make my content, right? It's a bit more entertaining in my mind. It's more fun to write and it's not as cookie cutter. So of course we talk about Haivo, We talk about bounce. Um, I spent a bit of time talking about not necessarily the concern of nerfing those two decks in general, but the concern of, okay, second dinner, you now have something in front of you where you need to determine how do you nerf decks when you say, based on your own data, it's doing really well in Conquest, but not that, uh, not nearly as well in, you know, on Ladder. What lane do you pick? Are we balancing around Conquest? Are we balancing around Ladder? You're going to upset mm -hmm. people either way. How are we going to do it? Are we going to differentiate the formats in entirely and have separate balances between formats? That doesn't sound good either because there's only two formats. You, you can't even go into that kind of category until we have six formats, right? So how do you actually approach that? And the other thing was the old article was uh, Mental Health and Magic the Gathering, um, which I think is still applicable today. Um, and basically the whole rundown is just going over of like, 
tips, tricks, things like that, and just knowing when to take breaks from magic uh, or from card games in general, I should say, or any hobby for that matter, especially when it's competitively leaning and one that has incentive to uh, have some monetary investment like Snap does, right? Um, I, Chris even reacted to a portion of my article where I said, I have, I've had two, ban- or two decks banned out from underneath me when I played Magic. One was my favorite deck of all time in any card game ever called Kethis Combo. <laughs> Another one was Wilderness Reclamation Combo. Um, and Kethis Combo was a around a $1,000 deck. And every card in that deck was purely for that deck. And by getting rid of the namesake, Kethis, it just didn't really work anymore. So all the investment that I had into those cards, except for, I guess, some of the lands, were uh, useless. <laughs> so $1,000, yeah. gone. That sucked. And, like, talk about... Some I, I took three months off of Magic entirely. I still did the uh, my Magic Gathering podcast uh, every week. I still kept up enough with the meta to be able to do that podcast, but otherwise, I had nothing to do with the game for three months, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever done. It was a it was great. I, I I fell back in love with making music again, like writing stuff, like reading books in general. Um, I, I found it reignited spark of interest in other hobbies that I kind of stopped paying attention to and then when i came back to magic that spark was still there that i basically reignited from the other hobbies and translated back into magic again i was excited about cards and brewing and creating things now can you do that same thing with marvel snap uh, you, i mean maybe you can consider saying do your dailies and then that's it <laughs> like because awesome. you still have to kind of keep up with snap like, how well do you think it translates of, like, what, what do you determine a good way to take a break from Snap and, and keep your mental health I- intact? Because this game, we've talked about it before, you see number go down, you get mad. You see number go up, you get happy. And, like, oh, yeah. when, it, when but, it does this over and over again, you want to throw your phone. Like, Well, that's even, that's even the same thing with just the way the YouTube algorithm works, too, right? Like, oh, if God, you stop yes. making content, it punches you and stuff. But I'm curious uh, about Glazer because... I, I too, you know, I think a lot of us content creators, like the three of us, you know, whatever, like, like Brad, you're doing three podcasts, Glazer at the beginning, we're talking about all the shit you're doing. Like I'm a workaholic too. Like I'm busting out videos, work full time. I do freelance writing, all sorts of shit. So Glazer, I'm curious, how do you, how do you find the balance? Cause you got like a family too. Like I have a kid and everything, you know? So like, how are you balancing Marvel snap with life and making sure you don't lose it? So this is my mental release. Like, I don't really really? stress about Snap. Um, Without getting into, like, crazy detail, right? Like, like I'm fighting with a former student about taking her meds and finding a psychiatrist or not, right? Like, that's what stresses me out, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and then, like, if I, like, making a video is, you know what I hate? Like, if I could like ai generate making thumbnails i'm not an artistic person i hate them they can go the send them dude please send them to me and tell me what you want to do with them because i love making fucking really? thumbnails. i hate th- I, I love do doing it, it. Yeah. Send it to me. and just like like i'm like big picture s- four words go like it's just yeah. it's it's um yeah but i like snap is not stressful the first season hitting infinite was hard but after that like so i need to know I used to say this a lot, like, um, when I was a single man, um, it was never like a lot of guys would like just go sleep around. I never did like, but there was something that felt good about knowing you could. Right. And like, 
and I know that's vulgar. I'm sorry, but like we're crass. I guess crass is probably the right word. We all went through our slut phases. It's yeah, fine. But like, yeah. but like, <laughs> but like, much like that. Like, I know I could hit infinite. I've hit infinite every season, but like one season, I'm probably not going to. And like, I'm not gonna feel bad about it because I know at this point, I know I could. Um, yeah. I I feel like I'm succeeding at content creation. I'm growing faster than my contemporaries at this moment, right? Um, for where from where I started, I feel like I can. And as long as I feel like I can, there's no stress to doing so or choosing not to do so because it's a re uh, re reclamation reclamation. That's the word I'm looking for of power in the situation. Um, I think ultimately um, the Buddhists have a right and control is the enemy of happiness and relinquishing that control or the need to control it when you know you can have it is an extremely healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I like what you said too. Like, you know, like snap is almost, you know, the, the, the escape, the recreational thing, you know, um, like I, like I, I mentioned earlier, like I used to work at a drug and alcohol rehab, like gaming, like, cause like I'm, I was dealing with death constantly. Right. And just like mental health and all sorts of stuff and just a million clients. And like, you know, gaming has always been like a refuge for me and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for me now, like, because uh, I've mentioned this before, but I, I played Magic when I was in middle school. So we're talking over 20 years ago. And now I'm just getting back into card games. And, like, some of my breaks from, like, Marvel Snap, if I do get, like, irritated, are just playing other card games. Legends of Runeterra, DC Dual Force. They just reopened the beta. So I'm playing that. But, yeah, I also spend time with my kid. And my son, actually, um, kind of what you were talking about, Brad, with, like, the dailies and stuff. My son, um, he, he hasn't necessarily got frustrated with Marvel Snap, but, like... He gets other interests, you know what I mean? Other games, like the new Zelda came out. He's been waiting on that for years. But he'll hop in, like, this season. Like, he just got the season pass. Like, he uses his own money to get the season pass and stuff because he knows, like, there's value there. And if he ever does pick it up back up, like, this, you know, he's not going to want to spend 6,000 tokens on a season pass card that he could have mm-hmm. got for, for 10 bucks. But um, but one last thing I want to talk about, like, going back to that thing, Brad, about, you know, the, the deck you – you played and it got banned that you spent all this money on. I think that is something important to touch on because there's so much, and it's going to change with the spotlight cash system, but we always talk about the hesitancy people have to spend their damn tokens in this game. Like you spent a thousand plus dollars on a deck that you could no longer play. Like, I'm wondering if that, if that helped you care less about your purchases at Marvel snap with your fucking tokens that you get for free uh, <laughs> for so, the most part, you I, yeah, know what I mean? bit because um i i even talked about this in that article i said look if it wasn't for um this big wave so when kethis got banned it was in a big wave of banding uh it was august 3rd of 2020 this is when that ban happened and the reason i know that by heart is because that's what birthed the podcast i'm on the pioneer perspective um just this entire because literally that first episode was called rebirth because it was a rebirth of the pioneer format it needed these bannings in like it to happen um i think kethis was a was an unfortunate collateral damage of the other three bannings that happened in the format at the same time but if that podcast never existed i might have just stopped playing magic because it fucking sucked to have my favorite deck ever ban up underneath me and then when yeah. it happened a second time with wilderness reclamation i was like oh come on this sucks dude but it and the thing is it'll never be that bad when it comes to marvel snap unless they introduce bans in general because of because of it being a digital card game uh hearthstones of similar vein right where they just have the way of adjusting cards on the fly 
If, if all right, cool. Zabu was too good as a three two or whatever he was. I don't was he a three two? Three three four. Uh, three two. Whatever. Three two. He was too good as a three two. Let's make him a two two and just reduce by one. Look at that. Cool. Yeah. And now he's he's a stable card and he's not overly oppressive. I think that there is some issues in game design moving forward with like looking at that four cost uh, you know uh, avenue, but that's a different conversation in general. These cards can be adjusted. My favorite card in the game is Darkhawk. I love Jeff, for example. If they change Darkhawk and stuff like that, I can still find a way to play the card and still enjoy it in some way, shape, or form, you know, without them being, doing an entire rework, of course, right? Um, I can't do that with a lot of decks and magic. Like, I can't play Kethis again. I still have my Kethis. I still have all, all the lands. Like, I own all the cards still, and, like, I can put some of the lands in other decks, right? But, like... I can't really play the deck anymore. The card just is flat out. It's not even that they changed the card and nerfed him. They got rid of his ass. They kicked him out of the fucking format. He's banned. You can't play him legally. And is he good in any other format that he's legal in? No. He's garbage. And I am still of the opinion that if they unbanned Kethis today, because they've banned four other cards out of that original deck in general that were integral to the combo pieces... The deck would be fucking atrociously bad, and it pisses me off that he's still banned. But that's a different conversation in general. <laughs> so to answer your question, Chris, yes, I don't give a fuck about my token spending now for the most part because yeah. I can just play the cards still. They don't go yeah. away. Yeah. Uh, Glazer, have you uh, You seem to have most of the cards. I don't know where your collection's at, but like, have you had to deal with the buyer's remorse or you bought a card and it was crappy or they nerfed a card that you loved or... How do you deal with that? I mean, they do that kind of shit all the time. It's part of playing a card game. Like, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I'm three cards from collection complete. Um, I don't want any of the three. It's Snow Guard, Howard, and Galactus. Um, you you don't have Galactus? I refuse to buy Galactus. I've only He's still pure. Him. He's like a I, virgin. I, I, well, I've played him on Roy's account, right? Like, because when Roy and I stream and play together, Roy's like, I love Galactus. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play the fucking Galactus. I think it's boring and, like, linear, and I don't enjoy it. it. You might you might like Galactus a bit more now because I think the deck is a lot more enjoyable because it's not all in on Galactus. You can actually yeah. win without him going off, and, like, the seven power is... You know, nothing to scoff at. If it's a spotlight cache where I want the other card, then I'll have Galactus. And if it's not, then I won't. Right? Yeah. Like, um, like it's not a three cards. Who fucking cares at this point? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, how I feel about Howard right now. Yeah. So um, I've also got like 17,000, 18,000 uh, tokens, and I'm at 7,000 gold. So I think I need 500 more to buy the uh, Panther bundle for another 6,000 tokens. Because um, I'm Dude, definitely that, buying that... that Panther bundle. Yeah, but... Honestly, can I just say real quick, second dinner, you've done a great job in like growing and like changing things for the better for the most part, right? In terms of listening to feedback, Spotlight Caches is a nice step forward. There's some other changes that I'd like to see, but can you pick a fucking lane? Do you want to monetize the card collection themselves? Or you want to monetize the fucking cosmetics? Because honestly, at this moment in time, please. Don't do both because that's what they're kind of doing still. So I don't think just so. do the monitor. So I don't think so. So Lauren claims, and again, Lauren is way smarter than I am, but it is her claim currently that if you buy just the season pass and optimize how you're opening your spotlight caches, you can be collection complete and maintain collection complete. Yeah. That means not getting every card when it's brand new, but it is her claim she's going to have a whole huge article that she's literally staying up all night mm. every night trying to write because she keeps tri like triple checking the math to make sure she's right. Um, but it is her like so at that point, what they're banking on it once they're fundamentally saying 
$10 a month. Come on. You can have every card as long as you're smart. Um, what they're fundamentally saying is you're going to want some of these variants so bad that you're going to give us more of your money. Not the regular variants, the spotlight variants. I, I will I will play devil's advocate and state that there is a difference of being collection complete at a certain point versus having cards that are newer that can be meta impactful or meta defining uh, rather than waiting for them to come around through a spotlight cache. So new cards that are spotlight defining, if you if they truly announce it every month, you should fundamentally always be able to save up. I don't think we've, I mean, the closest we had was um, Evolutionary and Iron Lad both coming in the same month. But outside of that, I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever had, and I guess the first one, which doesn't really count because it was just like 18 cards, here go. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like outside of that, I don't think we've ever had two really meta-impactful cards. We've had lots of fun things, right? Um, I don't think we've ever had two meta-impactful cards in come out this same What came month. out the month that uh, uh, fucking Zabu came out in the season pass? Uh, okay, I'm, not, I'm, I'm technically not counting season pass cards. Because like season oh, pass yeah. cards are always impactful to some extent. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm, I'm at, I oh, ignore um, Zabu. I'm just trying. It was Shayna and like what else in that month? Dazzler, Dazzler and Shadow King came out. Yeah. Oh, wow, that month fucking that sucked. Was a, it was a terrible <laughs> month. The first shit. month of it was actively terrible because they were like, everyone needs to save their tokens, I think, because they had yeah. just released so many other good cards into Series 5 and 4. Um, and then, like, the next... Like, they just haven't. They haven't done... Like, even this past month, you would really like Spider-Ham, who is, th- who is 3,000 tokens, but the other season pass cards you don't super need, right? Yeah. Like, you... you probably need evolutionary and lad to feel like you're relatively complete and then the month before that you needed jeff but that was the only thing you really needed like i love jeff yeah jeff is great but like you can conceive of like you can conceivably pull one to two a month using just your credits and if you have any tokens stored up and like you say you try and buy the three thousand token ones as you can afford them um, you'll still get a reasonable chunk of gold if you're buying the season pass and doing your um, weekend missions when you can because that's the season pass card and you're getting the extra gold and credits from um, Conquest that you weren't before so I don't think we're actually down gold. I think we should still be fine for keeping up with the meta and then being collection complete with just like sort of everything by virtue of like buying smart. I think unless you're extremely unlucky series um, series three complete players should still probably be getting about two new cards a month, and, and the season pass card if they're smart enough to buy it. Because I think if you don't buy it, you're making a huge mistake. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It'll be, it'll be interesting. But the last thing the the last thing I want to say too is let's think about the buyer's remorse. Like I've been like doing a little like house cleaning and stuff, and like I'm just seeing how many things like that I bought that I really wanted at the same time, you know, or at that time, and I didn't get that much use out of. Right. And that's just something I've been always trying to teach people. It's just like when it comes to Marvel Snap, like just think about it like real life. There's plenty of things that you've bought that you didn't get as much use out of. Like calm down, calm down when it comes to Marvel Snap. And I'm hoping the spotlight cash system, like it, it's a little complex right now. I'm going to be watching more videos and seeing how things go, you know, um, with like the strategy of opening the boxes since I'm, I am collection complete now. Yeah. So like it'll be a little bit different, you know, but like, as long as I can get the new cards and like I feel like and I have like thirty thousand tokens, like I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, what, so what yeah. Um, uh, real quick, I just want to know what is y'all's biggest uh, token regret? Re- regret like your buy? 
that you've spent tokens on, you're just like, I don't really use this card anymore, and I kind of wish I could have the tokens back, or at least I wish I got this when it dropped the Series 4. Negasonic. Yeah, no, yeah, I wish Negasonic was better. It's and I keep I keep wanting to toss her in the surfer. Uh that's one thing I was thinking about with Gene Gray too, right? Like Gene Gray, you're forcing them to blow up a card there. They can do a low value card. But um anyways, I think the question's a little different. Like like for me, I make I make enough for my YouTube content to get the cards each month, basically, right? So for me, it's more of a business thing. <laughs> if that makes sense so like everything i'm getting i'm like at least I'm, I'm testing it out for other viewers so they know whether or not to buy it so that's one reason i don't regret as much i try to keep that in mind because i also have the theory of every pretty much every card's going to see its day except for until they rework snow guard somehow um but yeah i haven't had any major regrets uh there are just definitely cards where I thought I was going to get more use out of them like negasonic teenage warhead which i just haven't yet you know what i mean why do you have one? Do you have one that keeps you up at night, Brad? Not really. Um, even Silk, <laughs> which I think is like the one that's probably the worst one for me because I dropped six thousand on her. Um, I'm just kind of like, you know, maybe she'll be better someday. And that's five thousand. Like my... yeah, yeah, five. Well, when he gets his fucking thousand tokens, eventually, right? But it's yeah. five thousand. <laughs> it'll it'll come. It'll, it'll come. It'll probably be this week when they're back from fucking vacation. Yeah. you know. Yeah, they, that's what they I'm better thinking. bring me a goddamn mai tai then. Yeah, something like that. Ooh, so yeah, but I think I might go get a mai tai after this. Ooh, that's there you go. Delicious. So what, let's wrap this up so you can Ooh. so you can go have your your alcoholic beverage. A so uh, <laughs> Ooh. oh, we're getting all the so, tropical shit. Let's go. Before we go, before we go, Glazer, let everybody know where they can find you, the podcast, your content, all that kind of stuff. All right, check me out at Snap Judge Cast. Uh, nope, at Snap Judgments Pod on YouTube. At SnapJudgeCast is the Twitter. At SnapJudgmentsPod on YouTube, I release two decks a day. My goal is, since I'm still a smaller creator, to find the best decks that I can bring you before the meta notices. I try and make sure that you have something to play that will gain you cubes before everyone knows about it so that you can snap effectively, gain extra cubes when people aren't ready. Um, eventually, I'll be big enough that I'll have to figure out a new branding. But... For now, that still works. I'm posting a deck of the day on Marvel Snap Zone, a weekly sleeper decks roundup on Marvel Snap Zone, a weekly news roundup on Marvel Snap Zone, and a top five, whatever top five takes of the week on Marvel Snap Zone. We also, on the Marvel Snap Zone YouTube, have a podcast, Snap Judgments Podcast. We get really great guests, including these two. This week's episode will have Nina and Super Tech God. We are, I have to make a slideshow. So as soon as I can make a slideshow after the uh, patch goes live, we're recording Tuesday evening. So it should be up by Wednesday or Thursday latest. That's my shit. So we'll we'll also link as much as we can from Glazer down in the description if Too it fits. Much. I think there's a character limit. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll we'll get it down there so you guys go check out Glazer and the Snap Judgment pod. But uh yeah, Brad, what are your socials? Where can people find you? You can find me on all the different socials and even threads now. You can find me at Brad Sever. Oh, and also if you want to uh, you know, Give me my alcoholic beverages for free. My cash app is also Bratsifer. Please don't actually <laughs> send me money, but if you really want to send me money, send me money. But otherwise, well, you can well find we were me. just talking about how you blew a thousand dollars on a deck you can't use anymore. So maybe <laughs> please, we need to... <laughs> please, I can't, I can't, I can't eat. I, can't, I have to resort to eating these cardboard cards. Please, yeah. please so eat my family. The cat will starve. She's yeah. sleeping right now. I think she's dying. I haven't checked on her. 
There you go. But yeah, oh, find yeah. me up rats for all that good shit. YouTube, whatever you know. Yeah, other, and you other can podcast. Find me. Uh, sna- oh yeah, but oh. Like, this no, is, yeah. Tell you about your other podcast. Can't too. stop snapping with Teddy Ninja. Come on, there's that as well, and of course there's this podcast which you're already watching. And if you can't find Bootman's channel, I don't know how the fuck you found this podcast in the first place. But hey, yeah. look at that. And then and then uh, I'm at Bootman MSCZ. I also hopped on Threads too. If any of you and if any of you are doing that, we'll see what happens with Twitter, but. But yeah, so uh, yeah, great episode. Uh, Brad, do your little closing thing and let's wrap up. We love you. We appreciate you. And just like my old pastor always said, may his face shine on you and be gracious to you and always keep you in his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Fuck off. See you next week or the week after. We love you. Bye-bye. Peace.